This and all of our podcasts are sponsored by Malicious Intent Apparel and Sports Memorabilia. Check them out at www.mal-int.com. That's mal-int.com. To purchase your next humorous sports t-shirt or that signed rookie car you already have pictured in your man cave. Earn 15% off your next purchase when you use the promo code 15 on MI. That's 15 on MI. And be sure to follow us at Giving the Points Podcast on Twitter for our weekly college football picks and random college football info and thoughts. And with that, we thank you again for listening to the pod and following us on social media. And welcome back to another edition of Giving the Points Podcast. I am your degenerate co-host, Jeff Cox, and alongside on the line, as always, is my even more so degenerate co-host, Jason Osho Odell. Good evening, sir. Good evening. And why do I have to be the more degenerate one <laughs> this uh, evening? You know, that's, I guess that's uh, that's uh, pretty much a lie. Uh, we'll, we're going to get into that. Possibly, you know what, I take that back. It's possibly not a lie. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show on some gambling uh, things we have been doing lately. Uh, first and foremost, let's go ahead and start with little tales from the felt. Uh, what have you been doing at the poker room lately? Oh, oh it is. Last weekend was, I'll be honest with you, it was a disaster. Uh-huh. Um, I sat down uh, the first first night on Friday, and I, I, I tried out a, a new room up here. Mm-hmm. It's uh, out in the middle of nowhere. It's a, it's a casino in West Virginia, and they got some, some pretty decent tables um and i i sat down and it's a it was a two five game with a max buy-in of 500 hmm. so Jeez. the players that had been sitting there had been sitting there since 1974 so they all had <laughs> huge chip stacks um yeah. and you're sitting down with 500 so i picked my spots and i got up a little bit um i've played there that, that was my third time. So I did really, really good the prior weekend. And then this weekend on Friday, I, I got it, finally got at the table. And uh, there was two guys at the table. And I swear, this is no lie, they were a combined age of 170. There's, there's no way anybody can convince me otherwise. Yeah. And they both had, they both had really large chip stacks. And I just kind of picked my spot and, and what I realized is that these guys were playing every hand. And I technically don't do a lot of talking at the table. Right. You know, I'll have casual talk, but not a lot of trash talk unless somebody provokes me. Mm-hmm. But these guys, these two old cats, they were from the mountains somewhere, and they were playing every hand. Let me ask you and, a question. Did they happen to have overalls on? I just picture them having those overalls on. One of them did. Are you sh- – wow, nailed it. No, one, right. of, one of them one of them did. And and the one that had overalls on had a long gray beard. Um, yes. So everything that you would picture. So Beautiful. I got into a hand with these guys, and the pot was pretty sizable. It was a two or $300 hand um, between the three of them. And the one made a bet that just didn't make any sense with the car, you know what – I had because I didn't win the hand so I, I kind of got away from it later but in the middle of the hand one of the one of the old men says what are you thinking and I I looked up from the cards and looked at him and I looked at his his counterpart and I excuse me he said what are you what are you thinking I said well here's what I'm thinking and I'm gonna let you know what everybody at the table's thinking right now is that you guys are playing every hand and I can't figure out the, the funny translation from the dollars that I'm playing to the shekels that you guys are playing down there. I don't know how the shekel relates to my dollars. So it's really hard for me to understand. You guys got to this old money. You got to okay. be. So this is biblical money. You guys are playing. old man got mad. Oh boy, Matt, because I called him pretty much called him an old bastard, and then he started. He, he got sideways, and I started taking his money. So that that was kind of a, a fun story. Um, yeah, and absolutely. I so I, for the next hour and a half, I called him Shekels every time it was his turn. And Shekels, it's your bet. And he 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 didn't like it. 
So I, I, I made a little bit of money that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next night, I said, what? I want to go out to – I want to go to Baltimore and uh, go back to my regular room and play the 2-5 and just got just got lambasted, man. I, I – it was the first time in a long time that I, I went on tilt and I knew I went on tilt. Everybody does mm-hmm. it. Everybody has those nights to where something that you're playing sets you on fire and just just turns you sideways. And it could be something somebody says. It's something everybody's different. Mine is mine is typically when I'm getting good cards and there's good money in the table, and I know I'm the, one of the better players at the table, but mm-hmm. I can't hit cards on the flop. Yeah, I, I just can't. Um, and I got rivered six times by the guy cost me some some a pretty good stack of cash and i every time i went into the flop pre-flop post-flop i was had the better hand had the best odds and the dude kept hitting rivers on me and he mm-hmm. was not a good player he was just shoving in money because he was making money because he was hitting his cards yeah. so got a little sideways there but we uh we have learned when that happens you just get up from the table um said a few choice words and uh, went home a little early and said, you know what, we're going to go back next weekend and turn in. So having hmm. a good year. So can't complain about a, a, a one bad night. Well, we will uh, fight a different day. So geographically, I'm trying to picture this place in West Virginia. How far approximately is it from where you're based? I know you're in the, you know, roughly DC, Baltimore area, Maryland, roughly. So it's- 30 minutes from where I'm at. It's, it's a 30 minute okay. drive from my house to there. And that's one of the reasons I started going hmm. is because when I, when I leave Baltimore, it's an hour drive and you have to drive through a part of Baltimore. That's not particularly the best part. Yep. And um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of deviants, I will say. So it's an hour drive. So the, by the time I, get out of the casino i'm usually hungry because i usually don't take a break I, I play for seven eight hours and don't eat which is for a good combination so i want to go to mcdonald's so by the time i leave at 11 45 i don't get home to 1 1 15 hmm. and um it was just easier 30 minutes away and when i got there and saw this casino they've got restaurants inside like you can just yeah. pick up quick food so you can take a 15-minute break from the table and go grab a slice of pizza or a burger and bring it back to the table and eat it if you want. They got, you know, all the amenities any other place has. You can buy candy at the table and, and crackers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you you kind of stay, which I don't like to eat at the poker table, but, yeah, you know, snacks and, and stuff like that. I never um, understood but, why people would eat at the poker table with all the filth on the cards and they're just touching directly. It's kind of gross to me, man. Yeah, it is. I, I don't. Oh, I, don't I don't get it. I used to do it. I, I quit doing it years ago. Um, yeah. I'll just stand. I'll walk around and eat, or mm-hmm. I don't like being stagnant. You're sitting down anyway, so I, I'll walk yeah. around and eat my food or whatever. And but M and M's or something like that's fine. They're yeah. in the package, and I'm already touching chips anyway. So true. So kind of a good and bad stories. It sounds like at the at the felt in different locations and when you say baltimore every time and I've, i'm pretty sure i've said this in previous shows but i always think about the wire you've seen that show right oh yeah i love yeah, one of my favorites. like the wire just based in baltimore for the most part and that's first thing i my head snaps to is the wire i'm like yeah, if it's anything like the wire yeah. it is exactly like the wire <laughs> um no, when you no, get no. into obviously just with you know like any any city you know you you think about chicago and you think about there's two sides of chicago right you've got the pretty side with with things you can do in uh lake michigan and lakeshore drive but there's also the place where everybody gets killed right yeah so (laughs) in my in my work i have locations i have to go to in downtown baltimore like the rough part and what what they do is they just like any 30 city they you know, you hear people talk about the board the buildings being boarded up and crying. You can see it. You, you know where it is. There are people standing on the, in the medians. And when you stop at a stop lot light, they will um, ask you to wash your windows and they know they'll spit on your car, they'll spit on your windshield. And it's, it's kind of, fun. to me, it's, it's painting. Cause it's, I got a company car. So 
Lexus that they're doing that on. And I wouldn't have my Lexus down there. So, Oh, hell no. Hell no. So let's go ahead and change gears. Um, you know, during the college football off season, we tend to do more than one list segment. And I think we do two tonight. So the first of two list segments we're going to do, I think this was my idea. And the second one was your idea favorite comedic movie scenes of all time so not necessarily the ones that are uh, award-winning if you will or the most liked but just personally you know our own personal list and we decided to do five and I know for myself I had tons more that I had to narrow it down to just up until the last second before the show Um, but I figured we'd go back and forth and uh, go one for one I'd don't think I put mine in any particular order. I just put five outright, so they could all be number one for all I'm concerned. So um, let's start with your number five favorite comedic movie scene. Number five. When I looked at this list, I I made the list based on how hard I laughed at the mm-hmm. time I seen them. Right. So those those type of scenes stick with me, and I will watch those movies over and over again. Number five, I had man the fight scenes nice. all of them so they're they're good quality fight scenes and to the movies and i i just love them i think they're hilarious when all the news stations come together and start fighting right y- yes yeah yep. well that yes was, that was pretty funny he had a spanish language news with ben stiller and oh that was great yeah that was a solid scene i, I like to I agree with that one um I'm going to go with Bridesmaids. When I saw this movie, you know, I thought it was going to be a typical female-based chick flick, and I was so wrong. It is one Mm -hmm. of the best gross comedies of all time, I think. And the one that sticks out to me is the food poisoning scene. First of all, you (laughs) have seen it, correct? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a really good movie. When the girls go to that Brazilian steakhouse, and I don't dare to even call it that, and they eat that meat uh, that's you know tainted and not cooked well, and they go to try on the the uh, what do you call bridesmaid dresses. wedding dresses dresses yeah they start shitting everywhere and it's just it was just hilarious man I I, I loved it seeing it in the theater and I I rewind it in the DVD and on the TV all the time and just watch that over it's so gross but so funny and. And that's uh, yeah. that's my fifth favorite one of all time. Yeah, when she shits in the street, uh, that's that's when. That's yeah, just she says hilarious. something, something like it's over. It's it's like oh, no no. Uh, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy does it the sink. She says, "Oh, it's coming out like hot lava." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's when I was introduced to her, man. She was I, I didn't know her until then. I'm like, she's freaking. Chris Farley female version. Yeah, so it's hilarious. All her movies. You know, she yeah. had another movie where she worked in a she worked in a, a like fast food restaurant and she gets fired and her world just fucking falls apart. I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of the movie, but she was really funny in that. Her mom was uh, the, the famous redhead. Um, I can't think of her name. Hmm. She was in Bull Durham. Oh, Susan was, Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Yeah. And um, I, so every movie she's been in has been been really good. Got it. What is your uh, number fourth favorite comedic movie scene? Number four. When I started thinking about this, I didn't think this would make the list, but somehow it did. 21 Jump Street. Wow. The office scene. The office sure. scene where uh, Fat Boy has sex with Captain's daughter. I'm about to go back and watch that. I watched it one time, I think, and I totally forgot how that movie goes. Talk about so Jonah. What's Jonah name? Hill. Jonah. Yeah, Jonah Hill has sex with Captain's daughter, and nobody realizes it during the whole movie until uh, the other guy comes in and starts doing his little dance. And I right. laughed so hard. And he says every time he says it, that's a foot in your ass. And he starts doing this little song about, whatever his name is, fuck captain's daughter. It starts singing. <laughs> and I, I, I really think that's an, a hilarious scene that's, that's overlooked. Yeah, I think ice cube was, was he the captain? Yes. Okay. Yes. I do remember that vaguely, but uh, I'll have to go back and watch that. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, 
my number four, I'm going to head back to, I believe, 1994, the legendary Dumb and Dumber uh, and Harry's toilet fiasco scene where he just unloads in the bathroom after Lloyd gives him the tea before he goes out on the date with the girl that he thinks he's stealing. He throws that, mm -hmm. uh, what's that stuff that makes you crap? Uh, so, I forget what it's called. X-Lax. There you go. Yeah, whatever that that chemical is called, and he just craps everywhere. It's just a great scene, man. And then the toilet's broken, and he has that little towel, no toilet paper. So that that that's definitely a rewatchable scene for Dumb and Dumber. There's tons of them in that movie, but that that one sticks out. So that's my number four. And what do you got for three? Number three, easy. Bull Durham, the mound scenes. Okay. When they when they all go to the mound and they start talking. There are two or three of them in the movie, and I think those are – I'm not a big fan of physical comedy. Mm -hmm. I think physical comedy to me is overrated, and very few people can do it right. But like funny talking scenes, and you'll see that throughout my list of things that people say and people yeah. do. Dialogue. Together. Mm -hmm dialogue and uh, the, mm -hmm. the mound scenes are hilarious when they go out there and they're talking about what to buy for their wedding and <laughs> and all that the, the wedding gifts and stuff it's just it, to me this that stuff's just hilarious i got a, something to admit i don't think i've ever seen bull durham all the way through i'm just not a oh big my baseball gosh. fan but now i think i'm gonna have to knowing that you uh, you, you mentioned that one you have to it's wow. it is okay. a really it, it is a comedy and a drama at the same time um Costner somehow makes all the good movies hmm. and every uh, big Costner fan I, I won't go out of my way to you know he has a movie that comes out I won't say I'm gonna but it seems like every time I watch one of his movies I, I walk away and I'm like god that's a really good movie he's so that he could be a, movies a, a segment all of himself well I, I know that he's done he's done two he did Bull Durham and he did Field of Dreams and he also did uh, Draft Day, which he was really good in, the football movie well, about the NFL yeah, draft. Yeah, yeah, I saw one uh, back in the late 90s called For the Love of the Game. Really, not really good movie, but it's a, more of a rom-com with um, the hot chick that's married to – passed away. Uh, I can't think of her name. Married to uh, Travolta, Kelly Preston. She's in it too. Yes. So he was in a base, base pitcher in that movie too. So he's, I think there's a couple more that he was a pitcher in. So uh, he must love baseball. Um, so I'll have to, I'll have to check that out again or for the first time. I've seen parts of it. And I know, I know it very well, the characters in it, but I think I haven't seen it from uh, start to finish. My number three, I'm going with Borat. I love that movie. I've seen it tons of times. <laughs> the Naked Fight with him and his assistant or producer, whoever that fat dude is. When they st it all stemmed. You, first of all, you've seen the movie, right? Yes, I've seen. Okay, it. it's, it's so fun. when they when he's he has the, I think the Baywatch magazine. He's out there naked on the bed doing his thing, and Bor the fat guy and the Borat comes in and sees him, and that's where it escalates. And they just fight, break everything in the hotel room, and it tumbles down into the conference center downstairs, and it's just great. And it's it's the the beauty of that kind of movie is it's it's. For the most part, I don't believe it's staged. So that was like live reactions from those people. It just, I love that kind of shock live comedy. It's its great, man. That and the Jackass movie. So I'm going to go with The Naked Fight in Borat as number three. And what All is right. your second favorite? Talladega Nights, the dinner scene. Yes. Where yes. they've got all that food sitting on the table from KFC and Taco Bell and he wants to uh, pray to, to baby Jesus. Yes. Found five ounce baby Jesus. He, he, they start with grandpa chip and throwing his war medals off the bridge. And that, oh my God. That, that whole scene is just hilarious. Completely forgot about that. That, that layout of fast food. It's like a who's who of fast food, man. You got KFC, Taco Bell, Mountain Dew, Pepsi. Pizza Hut. Pizza. Yeah. Dom something else. Domino's or something, man. It's funny. Yeah, I like that. And his wife is ridiculous in that movie. And those two guys, oh, right. What's his name? John C. John C. Riley. John C. John C. Riley. And I want to call him O'Reilly. And Farrell, man, they make some good, damn good chemistry. They make some really yeah. good movies. I mean, not Oscar winning, but 
except for Sherlock Holmes or whatever that's called, Holmes and Watson, which is a disaster. Um, they're top notch in my comedy book. So good choice. And I totally forgot about that. Um, with my number two, I'm going to The Hangover and not necessarily the movie itself, but the end credits when they're going through the photos and the camera. It just, the, the, the backdrop of the song, the remix of You Spin Me Right Round by Flo Rida, mm -hmm. I believe. It's just great. The way they did the, the move, the sound and the pictures um, and the beat of the music. It's just great and just shocking photos. So that is my second favorite. And what is your favorite comedic scene of all time? You know what? We'll, we'll go back to Hangover real quick. I oh, sure, absolutely sure. love those, those first two movies. Mm -hmm. they two. are hilarious to me i, I didn't like the third one yep, um but the the first two are just they're just genius movies and mm -hmm. i think i've seen the hangover three times in the theater yeah I, one I of did too. one of two movies that i've ever seen multiple times in the theater what we um, we're about to talk about it okay um, all right and i just i really I couldn't pick one scene from that movie because they're, to me, they're all, they're all hilarious. Just, there's just so much yeah. chaos. So yeah, I'm glad you picked, uh, word, picked that perfect word for that chaos. So my number one is a movie that I've seen three times in the theaters and probably have watched 50 times in my life. Mm -hmm. um, Nutty professor, the dinner scenes. <laughs> Wow, I've totally forgot about those too. When when the family's sitting there having dinner, that was I've laughed harder at those two or three scenes than I have at any movie I've ever watched. Wow, yeah, just just that was, that was just the grandma trying to fight the grandpa. You know, come on, Cletus, come on, come Cletus. Cletus. It's a short and walk. Some, <laughs> You're walking over. <laughs> You're limping back. <laughs> This is something about Mike Douglas, uh, an old talk show. Yeah. I can't make wait more Mike Douglas or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Douglas. I need to go back and watch moist. that. God, dude, that's, dog, I, that's I love those. I love those movies. That movie. That's that's why I like doing these because we and we never share for the most part what we're gonna do. If you share ahead of time, sometimes I make sure to not do the same. So we have different ones. I mean. I'm sure we have similar comedic interests, but I'm glad we like to discuss our different viewpoints and, and have different ones because it never it's never fun and interesting to hear us agree. So that's great, man. I love I'm have to go back and watch. I hadn't seen that in probably 15, 20 years. Um, we're going to head back to the fine year of 1980. Um, a little movie called Caddyshack. Uh, the first time, I mean, I didn't watch it live. I was only three, but, you know, I saw it in VHS or DVD and, I, I rewind the part, and it's something very simple. The, the back and forth between Chevy Chase and Bill Murray in, I want to say, Bill Murray's garage house. He lives in, I guess, on the golf course in the maintenance room. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Chevy Chase is playing night golf, if I'm not mistaken. He's playing through. It goes through his window. And, you know, Bill corners him and says, you know, what, you want to drag off my joint? You want to hit off the, with the wine he's drinking or whatever? And they start to talk, and they're like, Hey, you had that place that on the Briar. He's like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Briarcliff. Or he, he's very vague about where he lives, Chevy. And then he's he, he said, you got a pool over there? He's like, yeah, we have a pool, a pool and a pond. A pond would be better for you. Or something to that effect. It's just great. Just Chevy is just great at like improv. So I, that that scene sticks out to me. You've, I'm assuming you you remember that scene. You've seen it, right? Yes, I, that is that is a movie we will discuss later um okay on, on another list but it it is one of my favorites it's something that i really enjoy and you're right uh that that scene in the maintenance room is, is hilarious and there are some other scenes that are mm. that are really good those two made the movie um judge mm -hmm. males always uh does not disappoint with his antics so I, it's I one think, of the movies that i really like dare i say i think judge males is the best part of that movie his getting pissed off and just flying off the handle about when he hits the lady with a golf club. I, I don't know. Everything he does, he's just so angry the whole movie. It's just hilarious to me. Yeah, I um, do too. I th I'm a real big fan of it. 
Did you have any other ones for like honorable mention? Because I know I put one or two, but if you didn't, we no, go on. ahead. No, go ahead. Um, just one stupid one that I, I I'll, I'll narrow it out to one more. You, you've seen Office Space, correct? Yes, the printer scene was on my well, list, but I I didn't add it. Not that one. It's very quick scene. It's towards the beginning when they're all of the guys are headed to work, and the one character, Michael Bolton, I don't know what his name is in real life. He's sitting in traffic and he's rapping to the Ghetto Boys song, or maybe it's Starface. <laughs> and he starts rapping and he's just boom, he's into it. And a black dude walks by and he turns it down and just kind of mouths the words. <laughs> and then when he walks by, he's like boom, boom, boom. He just starts going at it even harder. And just that that's just <laughs> hilarious, man. I, I just laugh out loud every time it happens. See, that's true. It's what unfortunately with different races, uh, you know, I've probably been guilty of that too. I don't know what it is. I just feel awkward if I try to rap a song and, you know, and, you know I don't know. It's just, that's, it's, it's real life and it just kind of hit home. It's funny. But uh, that I, was my honorable mention. I think that scene's really good in that movie. I think the, uh, the part with the flare is really good. Flare? I think. What was yeah, that? Yeah, where she's working for like a, a oh, fake yes. TGI Fridays and he, and, and he he the guy the manager walks up and says you just need more flair you need to express yourself and th- yeah, I think that part's funny mm. and I the the next door neighbor when he goes to the next door neighbor's house and <laughs> says what would you do if you had a million dollars he said I know what I'd do two chicks at the same time <laughs> <laughs> I think those are good scenes so again I yeah. like the dialogue scenes the best but that that's a really good movie too yeah time for incessant babble about movies by degenerates in. Cox and O'Shell's Movie Reviews! We discussed, I believe, on the last show that um, I had seen the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and you had not seen it yet. Since then, the last two weeks, you have seen it, and we wanted to kind of briefly discuss, um, throw out a rating of between one and ten with decimal points of what we give it each, and uh, we decided we're going to do our favorite character, but it, we can't count Cliff and Rick, otherwise known as Leo and Brad, it's just too easy. Our least favorite character, um, our favorite scene, and our favorite song. So why don't we? I tell you what, let's let's go ahead and start with favorite. I, I'll let you you decide. Dealer's choice. What do you want to start with? Favorite character. Okay, go for it. Margot Robbie. Ooh. I, I like her. I like her part. Um, I thought she played it really well. Good to look at. Yeah. Your, your favorite character. Yeah, and I'll, on that, if you look at, I didn't really do research until I've seen the movie, but Sharon Tate and her, the way that Quentin and whoever he had do the cosmetics and the, the, the outfits looks really similar. So it's mm-hmm. kudos to them for that choice. Um, my favorite character is kind of a, little bit of an offshoot i chose kurt russell as the narrator i think he was really good in narrating and leading the movie and kind of telling what was happening i had a tie between kurt russell as the narrator and brandy the dog whenever brad pitt did that little brandy and he towards the of course the second last scene the best scene of the movie which we're not going to be able to choose is our favorite scene um that was just hilarious i love that dog and uh, so those are my two, nar- the narrator, Kurt Russell, and Brandy. And what is your least favorite character if you had to choose one? My least favorite character was Bruce Dern. Really? He, he does a great job in every movie, and he did a good mm-hmm. job in this one, a great job of acting. I just didn't like the character. I thought the character was a, was a waste of, of screen time. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And I don't know much about um, – his well, I forget what the name of the guy is. Anyway, we're gonna sit here and think about it. But yeah, I I agree. That's just a waste of uh, screen time for a legendary actor. I don't know much of his work, but I know he's big and lately in the Tarantino movies, he's put him in a couple of roles in his last few films. So that's a good pick, man. Um, yeah, I'm I gonna thought, have to go with. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm just gonna say I thought he was really good in uh, the the western Tarantino did. I can't think of the name of the movie right Hateful now. Hateful Eight. Believes me. Hateful Eight. He's really mm-hmm. good in that, but I, I thought this th- he's he was Django really too? good in Django. Yeah, he's Boy, really he was good nasty. in Django. Whew. 
but yeah. I, I just did I didn't I didn't like his part and I didn't like that character in that movie. So go go I, ahead. Your your I best agree, scene. I, well, let me do it. My least favorite character. I oh, sorry, sorry. Under, no, no, you're good. I don't understand Bruce Lee. I I didn't like the way the guy presented him. I don't know much about Bruce Lee. I'm not into kung fu. I just I didn't get it. So I'm going with him. He sounded. I think Tarantino purposely made his character look bad. That's just my opinion from things I've heard about Tarantino's opinion on Bruce Lee. Um, so, you know, he made him look really bad when he was up against Brad Pitt in that one scene. So I, I didn't really like him. So um, anything about Bruce Lee? Did you, did you, are you a big Kung Fu fan? I am not. I've seen some Bruce Lee stuff. I've heard some things about him. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll jump ahead and say that was my favorite scene in the movie. Really? Okay. Yes. That's good. Okay. Good segue. I think that the way that he portrayed him could be true. And the mm -hmm. things Brad Pitt was saying to him mm -hmm. made sense is that, you know, Bruce Lee starts off by t talking about how he could beat up Muhammad Ali or Cassius right. Clay. And uh, Brad Pitt says, well, you just, you're just a fake fighter. You never to fight mm -hmm. any really has to fight anybody and then he proceeds to kick the living shit out of him um, yeah i thought that was a uh i thought that was a telling scene about the character about both of those characters mm -hmm. so i thought Good that point. was my my favorite scene of the movie uh mine was rick and cliff's last hurrah i believe that's even what the title is supposed to be uh the name the official name of it um basically it's the last time they get to I think the, the story is that Rick, I know it's not, it's, it's made up. It's not true, but uh, Rick, the actor, if no one's heard of this movie or listened or watched it basically hires Cliff as a stunt man. And, you know, as a best friend and kind of a handyman to do things for him and drive him around because he lost his license anyway. So they realize Rick can't afford to pay Cliff any longer. And they had their last night of getting drunk together and hanging out and being the employee employer. So just a whole scene of them at the Casa Vega Mexican restaurant, having margaritas, getting wasted, getting a cab home, um, all the way up until the, when the hippies arrived for the second to last, the biggest scene, which we, we decided we didn't want to choose. It's just too easy. Um, I just love that scene. Just I, I love a good drunk scene and, and having some cocktails while I do it. So uh, Cliff, or Rick and Cliff's last hurrah, that was uh, definitely my favorite scene. And we uh, this good my my favorite line from that movie is in that scene to where brad pitt starts to light up that acid dip yes. joint or whatever it is and yes what is it caprio says my booze doesn't need a buddy <laughs> well no that's a different scene I, i'm not trying to call you out but is it really he has yeah yeah it was because they were they were watching the episode of fbi i've seen it too many times you can tell that rick was on and he said he got an acid dip cigarette and he was thinking about smoking it. And he, Rick said, my, sorry, my booze don't need no buddy. And he said, well, I'm just going to put it here for now in your cigarette box until the time comes. And then they skipped to that night that I was talking about in that scene, the final before the final scene where they had the big drunk and he decides to light up when he takes Brandy for a walk. He's, he looks in the cigarette box and says, is tonight the night? And he looks at Brandy and he says, why not? And he goes out in the walk and he lights up. That's that's a that's a great line. My booze, yeah, nobody. My booze don't mean nobody. I, I may have uttered that before to my wife regarding some other things. So uh, yeah, I've said it before. <laughs> I believe from that movie. Um, and finally, favorite song in the movie. Did you have one? I think we talked about it earlier. And I, I'm huge on no, the music, I did music not. Movie. Mm. No, I did not. I the. Music surpassed me during this movie. It really did. I was more interested in the characters, and I just didn't hear it as I was watching okay. the movie. And I get it. it there's a lot of dialogue, and you kind of got to pay attention to that. And for on the opposite end of the spectrum, I think the, the music makes the movie flow along. Like, Out of Time by the Rolling Stones is basically playing when Rick and Cliff decide they can no longer be in each other's company for business purposes. You're running out of time. And towards the movie it's kind of foreshadowing when the the big fight scene where you know they're possibly going to be killed so i kind of like that my favorite one was california dreaming um it's a whole uh, 
part during when she's coming out of a movie which she was in and mm -hmm. Cliff's driving somewhere. So just that it's by Hello, Jose Feliciano. It's originally by the Mamas and Papas. So I just love that, man. Um, music was a big part of this great music from this era. And uh, so what did you think overall on the movie? Uh, I would give it personally on my scale about an 8.2 out of 10. I I, I, it, it's grown on me. What about you? Ranked it. <laughs> Excuse me. Need a cough button. I ranked it a 7.2. Okay. And it's still it, pretty it strong, wasn't, though. It wasn't my favorite Tarantino movie. Um, everybody knows, that has listened to the podcast or knows me, that Django is my Absolutely. favorite Tarantino movie. And you've got Pulp Fiction. You've got The Hateful Eight. You've got so many just really good movies that this, this was fourth or fifth, maybe even sixth for me if I looked at the, a, a hard list. So oh, I agree. Yeah, it was entertaining, mm -hmm. but it, it I, I think I built it up too much in my head, you know, to where yeah. I was expecting it to be, you know, another Django. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't. I mean, I, yeah. I would if I had a choice, I'd go back and watch Django again versus watching this one again. OK, pop quiz. So I, I obviously liked it a lot more. But if you had to compare, would you want do you like Kill Bill one and two or this better? You know what? This one, I, I like this one. Yeah. I'm not a big, I'm not a big fight scene Me neither. guy. There, there. Once in a Martial while, arts. again, I, I like, I like dialogue. I like witty dialogue. I like stories that have meaning. And I just, it took me forever to figure out with Kill Bill what the, what am I watching? And anytime <laughs> yeah. I have to do that, yeah, you know, it's it's different with Pulp Fiction. You knew. With Pulp Fiction, it was a it was character based mm -hmm. to me, and they flip flop back and forth. And by the time you watched the movie twice, mm -hmm. you knew what was going on and you you could follow it. Yeah. Um, but the dialogue in in Pulp Fiction was just so good. Absolutely. That yep. that it. So that all three compare with each other, mm -hmm. um, but I just I'm just not a big fight movie, you know guy you know i'm just I get not it. i'm the same way i'm i'm really not into mma that much um if that means if that's any kind of assimilation to this but i yeah i, I kill bill is one of my lesser favorites so i'm just curious how that stacked up to this one um okay well i'm glad we you finally got a chance to watch it and you know i've seen it tons of times and i think that's that's really why we both like quentin tarantino is the dialogue he just has really witty smart words that you know he he said in an interview one time, I believe on the Howard Stern show, he says, when Stern asked him, do you allow your actors to uh, make up, you know, to kind of change the, I forget the name is when you can go off, off the cuff. He's like, no, I pay them good money to say what I write. So, you know, that's a good point he made. Yeah, there's no improv I'm, in his movies. At improv, all. that's the, I couldn't think of the damn word. Uh, big question here before we move on. In our lifetime, Will Quentin Tarantino and Leonardo DiCaprio, that combination of director and actor, overtake the, the work that De Niro and Scorsese have done together? No. Okay, so you think no. De Niro and Scorsese are too hard to read, too hard to, or is there someone else that's better than that combination? I just think there's too many good movies. There's, you know, so DiCaprio has been in how many movies of, Tarantino that I know I can think of two off the top of my head. What I want to say at least four. There a, what am I Django, missing? Hollywood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um oh shit, maybe it's not that many. Now we're gonna yeah, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to examine that maybe one time and see who's got the best director, actor kind of because Sam Jackson and somebody's gotta be good. Um they've got to have a good combination, but I just thought I'd ask you that and see yeah. where you stood yeah, on I, I just think uh, Scorsese and, and, and De Niro put up way too many movies. Yeah, it's going to be hard to overtake that uh, the 70s, 80s, 90s run that they had with Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, Casino. This is just sick. So, yeah, I mean, that's three uh, off the top of your head that are, that are just awesome. Yeah. So, go yeah. ahead. There's tons more. Um, so, let's go ahead and move back to our list segment. And as a reminder, always follow our list. We like to post them on our 
media, uh, social media rather on Twitter. It's the handle is giving the points podcast on Twitter. Um, so this is something you decided on five movies you saw in elementary school that made you understand that you liked the opposite sex in this case, the female. So I went through, um, I've got a definite five, not in order, but I can put them in order if need be. So let's start with your number five. And see, I think I think our list will be different because we're our age difference is about two or three, maybe four mm -hmm. years difference. So, the, yeah, so elementary school for me will be a bit different than mm -hmm. school for you. And I had sure. the luxury in 1980 of having Showtime and HBO in the basement, um, where I was uh, not watched. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, my number five is a movie called caveman what 1981 movie yep it's got it's about a caveman and it was on hbo i'll never forget hbo showtime um you have to go back and watch it there were some just unbelievably good looking women in that movie and they were wearing very little and it's staying in my top five wow so you're number five sir well, I can't say that I've ever heard of that movie, so I'm gonna have to look that up on IMDb after we get finished here. Yeah, um, we're a, gonna it's... head. <laughs> good. Is it a good movie? Yeah, it's it's entertaining. I mean, we for seven and nine, it's entertaining movie. Okay, figuring out figuring out the world. It's kind of a comedy, more than anything. Figuring out the world. Um, I'm gonna go with anything with Elizabeth Shue. So growing up, mainly cocktail, um, maybe even Karate Kid. So she, I don't know. She just was, she was it for me, man, back in the day. So roughly like 10, 11, 12 years old. Maybe even Karate Kid was earlier than that. So yeah, def, I'll say uh, cocktail and anything with Elizabeth Shue in it and Karate Kid. Uh, yeah, what is your she number was, She was a good one. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I could have, along with Karate Kid, thrown in duck sauce from Karate Kid too. But I, I left her Ducks. off the list. Duck sauce. Wow, that's a callback. That's a callback. Yeah. Nice, nice callback, sir. I could have, but <laughs> but you you're both, so we'll just show on the earth. So my number four was Judge Mel's granddaughter in Caddyshack. Yes. What was her name? Uh, who cares? Lady, La lady, or something like that. Let me I'm gonna look this shit up while we're on it. But she Keep she was something else. So Caddyshack, uh, that came out when I, I was in elementary school. And again, you know, back then, you didn't have to wait a long time until the, it hit H it, it hit HBO or or Showtime. The movies it was yeah. like a six month wait maybe because mm -hmm. everybody wasn't trying to capitalize off of it with everything. It, it went to VHS and it's when it hit VHS, it was out on HBO. So. This one, one of my so that, uh, one of my sneaker that snuck in. Heck yeah, dude! Uh, her name is Lacey Under Underall, and her name was um, Cindy Morgan. Guess how old she is now? Uh, fifty-seven, sixty-eight. Wow! <laughs> wow! Talking about feeling old, dude. Wow. Okay. Yeah, oh good call. That's a, that's a good one. That crossed my mind. That was a little bit before my time. Um, my next one is the Blue Lagoon and Brooke Shields. She, okay, she yep. was great, man. Oh, she was, uh, I think, a model before that, and she did a few movies and then she went on to do some TV. But, uh, yeah, that'll be my number four. Don't remember much about the movie, just remember her and that blonde haired dude with her. It was a strange, yep. like, fe uh, young female, young male movie. It's kind of a creepy idea for a movie, but, um, yeah, that was my number four. What you got for number three? Number three was a movie I wasn't supposed to be watching, but I watched it anyway. Flash Dance, The Water Scene. Yes. No elementary school child should have watched that. Thank you for HBO for putting that on. So that was one man, of my favorites. HBO was a godsend back in the day, man. I don't remember yeah. when we first that, that was uh, Jennifer Beals. I'm just looking it up. Alex Owens. Yep. If, that, that's who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. So, good call. Um, I'm going to go. What are we on? Four? Three. Three. Four. 
Okay, so I've said two. All right, gotcha. Um, I'm going to go to The Goonies. This is kind of a surprise one, I think. The character Andy, the red hair girl, uh, her name's Carrie Green. Do you remember her? Yes, I do. I do. For whatever reason, I just thought she was cute, man. So that was one of them. I think that came out like 86, 85. So I was right in that wheelhouse. Where I was like, okay, all right. Something was happening. So, uh, yeah. So give me Andy from The Goonies. And what is your number three? Number two, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, B.B. Cates. Yeah. The pool scene. That's, that's uh, epic of all time, for sure. Yes. Wow. And what was the dude's name Number, was in the bathroom? Uh, <laughs> J- Judd uh, something. Judd. Uh, uh, Reinhold. 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 Yeah, Reinhold. Wow. Um, good call. And give me... From the 80s, the movie Splash. I think that's the first time I saw Daryl Hannah, even though she's had flippers on her damn feet. She was still pretty striking. And I'll, I'll even say, in the Kill Bill movie, she wasn't half bad. That was good 15 years ago. So um, yeah. I'll take for my number three, Splash, Daryl Hannah. And well, we had three or two. I'm losing my mind here. I think we're on oh, number two. One. We're all... That was two. Excuse me. So we're number one. What you got? Yep. <laughs> number one, Weird Science, Kelly LeBrock. I knew it was coming. Hmm. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had a, a weird science reference on this show, and that's a classic movie, but Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. We actually, I don't know if your youngest has seen it, we watched an edited version of it, and we had to show Hunter, because my, my wife loves that movie, um, basically because of Anthony Michael Hall. She loves that dude. Um, <laughs> but we, we, we watched it, I think, last summer, and he thought it was pretty entertaining. But uh, yeah, it had to be the edited one because it's pretty risque when it's on the, the movie channels. Um, I'm going to go back to roughly 1989 in the movie Batman, Kim Basinger. That's the okay. first time I remember seeing her. Um, but I think I was maybe 12, I guess. Yeah, 12. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, so she, she, was, she was pretty good in that. Um, and I think she was in nine and a half weeks, but that was earlier and I had never seen that. But I think she was more provocative in that movie from what i hear her and mickey rourke but uh that'll yep. be my number one so honorable mention good oh i don't have any who, who did you have oh my gosh i i would be remiss if i did not bring out my honorable mention apollonia in purple rain oh one of my favorite movies i'm Prince. sure that you've Just watched kidding. it multiple times i'm sure never, never <laughs> seen it oh my gosh God. Well, yeah, you, you I know would, you would not enjoy it. You know, you you just wouldn't. But uh, watch that movie a handful of times myself. So it's a good, good classic. Okay. And do you have any more? Or is that the main one? For your no, own that was the, I. I had to have a prince. I had to have a symbol okay. in there at the end. So that's gotcha. It. So we'll uh, put up a couple of these, um, like I try to do every after every pod on Twitter, just for a reminder for all of our listeners and. That's uh, giving the points podcast on Twitter. So Odell and myself and a bunch of us um, do a DraftKings contest where it's a free, you can do free contests where it's a salary based contest for golf and you can do many sports, but golf's the most fun. And it's really, the point is to just wait to have some action. We are not going to sit and watch four days of golf. We're going to, I'm a, I'm a professional scoreboard and scorecard watcher. I, I have watched the, the leaderboard and scores and stats. I'm a big stat head. So we throw in 10 bucks, winner take all. We've got about eight or nine guys in it. And basically you got $60,000 budget and you get to pick six players and they're all different prices. So I shoot for players who have made the most cuts. We've got one coming up this week with the open championship, I believe. So we've got to pick our teams tonight for tomorrow morning. It's over in uh, across the pond, I believe. Um, so what what is your thoughts on this? I mean, this is just a example of we're looking for anything to gamble on. Flip of the coins. Yes, th- this is just a a chance to gamble. That's all. It's a scratch off <laughs> ticket. I mean, because I right. don't watch golf. I don't keep up with golf. I, Not at I all. used to play, I used to play golf. Yeah. I mean, I, and I will, I will, 
I will watch Sundays of the majors. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I tend to I tend to gravitate towards that, especially. You know, I like the Masters and the PGA, and something has always struck me with the British Open. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's John Daly more than anything. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. he 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 won it back in the day, and you know, if we ever talk about celebrities we've meet, we've got the chance to meet. He he would be on my list, but you know, I I think gambling on golf to me is is just like. I'll give you an example of degeneration. I get a I get a text Monday night saying, "Hey, uh, twenty five bucks. We're all betting on the um, home run derby." Okay, hmm. Here, here's here's my twenty five. Uh, how are we going to do it? Well, we're, we're going to just draw names out of a hat. Okay, okay. so I, there was no there was no. It's a optic. It is it's to draw the TV. Uh, go, had no intention of watching the home run derby something i typically do watch um that's that's one of the only baseball events that i will watch until maybe the world series every year um and had really completely forgotten about it so we all shoved in some money we got two players and they knew who my my two players were (laughs) but it gave me something to root for yeah because you know i didn't have pete alonso i didn't have osha tani I didn't have, you know, uh, Vladimir Guerrero. So Mm -hmm. not that he was even in it, but I didn't have the names that I knew. So, Mm -hmm. so it was just something interesting Interesting. as a scratch off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just the action to get our juices flowing, our competitive, there's a chance of winning something. Even if we bet a dollar, I'd probably be interested. I just love competition, man. I think that's what it boils down to. Yep. It's, it's what we grew up with. We grew up competing in sports, and it kind of has boiled over. When we can't compete in sports as adults, our bodies break down. This is the next best thing. So I think that's probably uh, the reason behind it and why we do this, man. But I, I, I love it. It's a, it's a, it's a well, happy sickness. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring up the competition part because – my wife and I had a conversation, you know, people that probably hear the podcast that don't know me as competitive Odell, like we, we grew up playing ball since we were, we were able to walk of some form or the other. As soon as our parents realized that we could actually comprehend what we were doing, they had us on either a soccer field or a baseball field or a football field or a basketball court doing something. And my wife, um, I, I missed a couple of days playing because I was out of town and I was just saying, Hey, I can't wait to get back to the poker room and, and play because <laughs> it's a, it's a stress relief. And she's like, well, you know, a lot, a lot of my friends have asked, don't, isn't that a problem in your, you know, your relationship? And doesn't that, yeah. doesn't that cause problems? Well, no, it doesn't because she understands it's something that that I need emotionally. It's it's about the competition. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if, if uh, granted, if I was losing a thousand dollars a weekend, there would be a fucking problem, right? There would be a fifty-two thousand dollar problem. But that's not that's not the case. <laughs> you know, I, I'm bringing right, home right. money sixty percent of the time, seventy percent of the time, in and up for the year, and we're open about that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I say. I lost or I won. That's that's the end of the conversation. There's there's no money coming out of the bank account fund, you know, that we're missing light bills. That's that's a misconception with some people that they, they look at gamblers and say, Oh God, how do you pay your bills if you're gambling all the time? Well, because we're winning. I mean, yeah. we we're we're good at what we do and it, it, it feeds some of that competitiveness. And um I, I just think it's interesting, you know, when you start gambling and pissing away $10, like on this golf, I'm about or the mm-hmm. $25, you know, sometimes I sit at the poker table with $1,500 in front of me and right. it's money that's that I, nothing. it's other, it's other people's money. You know, that's not yeah. money I'm sitting down. My money's in the bank. I'm playing on house money. I'm playing on these idiots money. So mm-hmm. you, you tend to play different, but that's something bring that up because one of my friends was jabbing me about, um, playing poker and, and made the comment on text on our text line about how um, I hope the family can pay the light bill if, if you're sitting at the poker table again. And it, it, it was, I was like, that's what a, a, a person who doesn't really gamble thinks is that they're, that 
it's just caution, throwing caution to the wind. And no, it's it's very strategic unless you're playing scratch offs like this. So it's, it's, I thought right. it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad we got into that and kind of that's the basis of our podcast and why we brought it up. It's a combination of the college fantasy football idea and the gambling and what we have an interest both in those things. So yeah, I'm glad we kind of used part of our pod airwaves for uh, gambling purposes tonight. So um, let's let's go ahead and wrap it up with Odell's. I'm going to call this from now on Odell's current events corner. How about that? So very good. Give very us, good couple of Odell current events and we'll put a bow on it. All right. So the McGregor fight, did you watch mm-hmm. all 30 seconds of it? I watched not one second of it, man. I am just not an MMA fan, boxing fan. I've never have been. It kind of boils over into the movie world too. So um, tell me, tell us about it. You know what? I, I watched the same as you did. I saw the highlights. That's it. Because I knew not to pay for it. Uh, I have learned not to pay for these things because, yeah. number one, uh, I can watch them on my phone and I'm not missing. I, I don't have a love for it. You know, uh, paying for things to me would be like uh, our reference 90s uh, boxing. Mm-hmm. That's something that mm-hmm. was something to pay for. Lewis Lewis and uh, Riddick Bow and Mike Tyson and Holyfield. Those were. To me, those were events to pay for, and yeah. I just can't get into Tim MMA. But I did enjoy lead up of all the conversations from McGregor. I think mm-hmm. McGregor he is to me. I don't care how good an athlete he is; he showman. And I I enjoyed him talking trash to Gay and you know who broke whose leg. I I don't know. People are. Saying, he was cheating and people were saying that uh mcgregor got kicked in the leg mcgregor broke his own leg he stepped sideways back and that's mm. what broke his leg continued to fight mm-hmm. while he was on the ground he stopped it um so they'll fight again and make another payday they're already setting that up i'm sure but uh i just wanted to see your your take on that yeah, I have none, to be honest, man. I, I think McGregor, from what I know about him, he just kind of shoots his mouth off. But I think it's strategic. I think more it's like a lot of like uh, what the wrestlers used to do. It's a lot of show, if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm guessing correctly. So, I, yep. yeah, I don't have – I just – if I had – like what we talked about, I probably, you know, I kind of would root – I think he's kind of funny, but I wouldn't probably be – I wouldn't text him and be friends with him, you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not going to hang yeah. out with a guy, but I love to hear him talk shit, and that, yeah. that to me is entertaining because a lot of a lot of guys want to do it, but they don't have the the heart to do it. They don't have the wit yeah. to do it. Period. What else you got? Stephen A. Smith landed in hot water this week, and Again. for for the first time ever, this landmark for me, and that's why I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with what he said. I, I, I am behind. I, Please inform me. All right. So Stephen A. Smith had a rant on Monday about uh, baseball. And he was talking mm-hmm. about the state of baseball and how it just hasn't latched on to the younger generation. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting in my own words here, but he said that how can the face of baseball be from someone who doesn't even speak the language? And he was talking about, wow. uh, he was talking about Otani. Um, yeah. Osha, I don't know how to say his name. He's got a rookie card. I think it's Otani for one of a half a billion damn dollars. If you can find one. Um, and he was just talking about how the guy needs an interpreter and how can he be the face of major league baseball if he doesn't speak the English. So, mm-hmm. I understood what he was saying and the premise he was saying it because baseball is not America's sport anymore. There's very mm-hmm. few Americans playing baseball. If you go down the roster of these teams, it's, it's a worldwide sport. And Major League Baseball has become more worldwide than it's become America. So I understood what he was saying. I think the, <laughs> I think the media jumped on it. And the, the Twitterverse jumped on it and said, hey, mm-hmm. how can this guy who is always defending you know, race, color, creed, 
religion, all these different things and trying to be holier than that because of his platform now be jumping ship. And it was the first time ever I've agreed with anything he's ever said, because he's an asshole That's... and a jack off. Um, and I don't <laughs> like him, but I agreed with, with, you know, I kind of agree with what he said, because if you want Americans to fall in love with baseball, they got to find an American hero. That's, that's the way the culture works. I don't make the rules. I just live by them, you know, and, and Mike Trout's not doing it. You know, Mike Trout, as good as he is in baseball, I've never, I never turned on one game to watch Mike Trout. Yeah. And, and it's, we, we talk about that because I had a conversation this week about, we were talking about cards, whose card do we hold, you know, baseball cards, which ones do we sell, which ones? old football we we were kind of having a kind of round table conversation and i said the, the easiest way to figure this out is is to see who is being marketed you know if you look back at the history of sports and i'll throw out some names that you would think their their stock would be high like brett Favre, mm-hmm. okay barry sanders emmett smith oh, yeah. All those players have really been forgotten about. I mean, about it. In the realm of sports, no one talks about them. Nobody does. And they were marketable at that time, but they did very little marketing back then for sports athletes. It's not like they do today. So Yeah, especially the internet and social media is really a helpful thing nowadays. Yeah, so you you have to buy and you have to sell players and buy players that that are, are that are marketable. If you don't see them on TV, like Patrick Mahomes, he's on everything. Aaron Rodgers, he's yeah. on every commercial. Those two are, you know, Tom Brady, he he's how many Super Bowls now? He his stuff it's, will stay where it is. But when, you, yeah. when it goes back to that in, in base, who in baseball is marketable? I've never seen, seen a commercial. In, not that I watch a ton of TV, but five years with a baseball player on it you just don't so i I used to see espn commercials with Derek jeter maybe and uh, that's about it yeah i can't think of a marketable baseball player that's someone that stands out i mean i know i know of the popular players just because i follow sports cards but i don't know one that uh, has a personality or is a marketable face you know that's a good point so Stephen and A. Smith, I I I, I uh, agree with what I'm saying. That is that's hard to believe, hard to believe, but uh, you're being honest. That's the most important thing. So it's I agree with you. I, I rarely, I, I can't stand the guy. I think he's a just a talking head and annoying. But uh, what yeah. else you got for Osho's current event corner? The only other thing that uh, that I wanted to bring up was TikTok. You know, I. Uh, about six months ago, my kids got me into, they would send me videos on text and stuff. And, and they were funny. And if you haven't been on TikTok, what it, what it is, is it's just short videos that people make. It's an algorithm to, they know once you log in, they start doing algorithms on what you're watching, what you're liking. They send you different stuff. So I get a lot of poker ones that, People put these cameras on their chest, show how they play a hand. And it's interesting because I always want to see what everybody else is doing. How are they playing this or how are they playing that? Because that's part of the game is studying, you know, how to do different things and how to pull stuff off. And you get your occasional hot chick with her ass hanging out and you get, you know, you, you can get in some dark, deep stuff if you're not paying attention. But there was one thing that's jumped out to me over the last couple of weeks is that is there's this these series of videos by this, I, I won't call it an author, a, a, a creator named Boots and Cats. And what it is, is that they are taking wrestling documentaries and breaking them down into five minute segments. So I don't know where these segments, where these, where these videos are coming from. It's probably something off WWE channel um, or one of these paid wrestling channels will do documentaries and I love a good documentary and yeah. they've done documentaries on, 
on Ric Flair and on Sting and on NWO and all these things from, you know, when we were really watching wrestling in the early 90s as entertainment, you know, on Monday nights. And they did one on Scott Hall. Um, some people know him as Razor Ramon or he had a couple of different characters. But I, what I didn't know is that the guy had uh, – he was – he shot and killed somebody in Orlando outside of a nightclub really? and he was very religious and it really screwed with him. Huh. Like it really messed with his head to where he therapist and he, because he got over it, started abusing drugs and alcohol. And hmm. they, this doc, I watched about an hour of it in five minutes. It was crazy. And hmm. they had, they had the wrestlers on there and, and him and Kevin Nash, if you know who that is, yeah, um, were were best friends in real life, and hmm. he would take care of them. Showed videos of how, and he is just a sucking hole of abusiveness. Wow. I mean, he has done enough drugs to put all of us in the ground and drunk himself into an oblivion because of something that happened in like 1984. He shot and killed. Wow. So, so TikTok is good, you know, just something. If you uh, have some spare time as you're getting a 15 minute break, just to scroll yeah. through and there's some other things on there. I, I sent you a, a video today of this guy called Rolling Blue. Um, oh, I saw it. To I don't know if we can talk about it on the airwaves here, but that was that was more than entertaining. Yeah. So the guy, the guy does parody music. He takes songs and he just parodies, parodies them. I don't know how to even say it anymore. It's too it's eight. But uh, yeah. he weird out Yank and it's a whole new song and they're really entertaining. Um, so something to bear about there in, in current events. Okay. Well, uh, anything else you want to add to this or we can, uh, we can end this show to, for these people tonight. We've been pretty long. The, yeah, it's been pretty long. I think, I think we've stopped my friend. Okay. Well, for my co-host, Jason O'Dell, I am once again, Jeff Cox, wishing you much luck in your wagering endeavors. And as always, good luck. Good boxing. Please don't forget to follow us at Giving the Points Podcast on Twitter. Again, that's Giving the Points Podcast spelled out. And don't forget to rate and review the show on the Apple and Anchor podcast apps. And as always, we thank you for listening to two middle-aged idiots talk about stupid things.